and we're back. I hope all of you had an amazing weekend, but like always, this episode is brought to you by From Within Records. I want to shout out everybody who bought an Envision record. You guys sold it out in the store. The band will have some records available on their run with Magnitude this weekend. So if you're in the Northeast, please support every band on every show. It's going to be amazing. So shout out to all of you for doing an awesome job in purchasing that vinyl. It definitely means a lot. If you're not following From Within Records on social media, please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. If you're looking for high quality merch for your band, because I know a lot of you are going on tour or on tour, please hit up my friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. They do an amazing job and I can't stop speaking about them so highly because I have worked with them numerous times in the past and I will continue to work with them going forward in the future. So please go follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. If you want to get in contact with them, email them at contact at goodfortuneprinting.com and you can thank me later. And before we get started, I just want to send out a special thank you to Program for once again letting me book another show. We have our third show. We have our third show in the books, right? I talked about how I don't want to book your band. Don't hit me up. But here we are. I had to switch gears. These tours were passing through and trying to skip over Orange County. But I'm out here uh, trying to talk to people, trying to reroute stuff, get stuff booked because I don't want to sit back and let Orange County be silenced while I'm still active in the scene. So I'm going to do everything that I can to try to get bands to come here when they're on tour because it doesn't make sense for them to come to Southern California and not play Orange County, one of the best scenes historically. You can't debate that. And, and this is no diss to any other scene out here because I love going to uh, the other scenes. I, I love the IE. I love LA. I love San Diego. So many awesome bands from all over. But for some reason, Orange County just you know kept getting uh, skipped over. So I have to step up and try to make a change. So October 10th, it's a Monday, combust. They're coming through all the way from New York, which I'm super excited for. And they're being supported by Take It to Heart, Shiva, the AVHC coming back to town, which I'm so excited for. And Major Pain, another awesome local band. Go listen to their new demo if you haven't. And then also Sanctify, members of Firestarter, Take It to Heart. And uh, I'm not sure what other bands, but awesome new band from out here. Go listen to their new demo as well. Super awesome band. I'm super thankful for everyone who was down to play the show. I appreciate all of you so much. So please come out, have a good time, and let's make this a memorable one. So come bust and go tell all their friends so more people will want to come here. And it won't have to be me fighting for all of us to get shows again because, like I said, as long as I'm here, I'll try my best to not let us get silenced. So please, October 10th, program, combust. It's going to be amazing. But on today's episode, we had to track down our good friend Spencer, the man behind Scoped Exposure, plays guitar in Endgame, super talented individual. I'm honored to be able to call him my friend. We had to track him down to just get a, just get an update. Uh, Endgame was on tour, uh, Scoped fifth year anniversary is coming up. So I just wanted to check in with Spencer and hear 
uh, how he's doing and just hear about the band and hear about the fest because I'm very curious to see how that's going to go. He has an awesome lineup going on up there. So for anyone who's traveling up there, I'm hoping all of you are going to have an amazing time because the lineup is awesome. So many awesome bands from the States, so many awesome bands from Canada traveling to it. So please, if you haven't yet, go pick up your tickets for the scoped five year. It's going to be amazing. And I literally can't wait for that. So please, if you haven't listened to Endgame yet, hit pause, go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music title, go stream the new Endgame single, and then come back here and listen to Spencer and I get into it. It's awesome. I especially love talking to him. And Spencer and I do these podcasts, but you wouldn't believe how many phone calls we have where we go on for probably a lot longer than we should. So please strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Spencer to the show. back to the podcast spencer how's it going it's going well um i was thinking what edition of this as far as me being on your show goes i think it's either three or four. Oh man um let me do some real research because we can <laughs> um pull it up right now um, yeah fact fact check that okay hold on let's see i um, think my guess is this is uh, the third time. No, this is number four. Oh, it is number four. Well, fuck me. Yeah. So you, you've you've been on every year since 2019. Well, you got to keep the tradition up, I guess. Yeah, like I said, I, you're always welcome. The door's always open for you, so mm-hmm. I'm happy to have you back. Yeah, it's been a, a minute. I feel like there's. Uh, a heck of a lot that uh, that you and I, uh, you know, we've caught up in person when I've been down uh, mm-hmm. down in California. But you know, as far as podcast wise, yeah, there's a ton that we can hit on for sure that I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, well, I, I want to start off with uh, Endgame. You're uh, just got home from tour. Endgame, Shallow End. You guys did a nice run there. Um, <laughs> I'm just so curious about the. 7-Eleven, uh, your flyer. Whose idea was that? Because I, I, I laugh at that because, um, you know, I don't know if it's a, a thing out there for you guys, but when I, I just look at that, I'm like, okay, 7-Eleven's cool. I, I actually, I, I frequent a 7-Eleven. There's one like really close to where I live. So, uh, but I don't think of it any more than just a convenience store. So when I saw it on your tour flyer, I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of funny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for those that don't know, uh, it was the Shallow End Game Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, us and Shallow End, which is a band from Vancouver Island, uh, just did like four or five shows. Um, so, yeah, the idea of the 7-Eleven thing was purely off of um, one of the opening bands um, uh, in Edmonton where we started the tour uh, when they were designing the poster like we were not thinking about the 7-Eleven theme at all until he did this poster that was like full on, like, you know, the red, orange and, and, uh, and green and the white. Um, so he kind of did the initial poster of that. And then we were like, let's base the whole tour around that. 
And I think it was just uh, kind of serendipitous because we, our dates were July 7th to July 11th. So, you know, like on the last day of tour was 7-Eleven. So it was just like this big old thing. Um, I think we definitely dr- didn't drink as many Slurpees as we had talked about in, in preparation, but we definitely made sure to get some Slurpees on uh, actual 7-Eleven. So uh, yeah, as far as the idea for the 7-Eleven theme, that definitely uh, goes out to Mark of uh, a band from Edmonton called Eyes Front. That was all, that was all him. Okay. Well, it seems like a genius, right? With the, the, the dates and everything just kind of flowing together. Cause I didn't even realize that when you bring up the seventh to the 11th, that, that that's kind of trippy, but it's cool. Cause it, it, it all ties in and it makes way more sense now to hear it from you. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm sure that anyone who's maybe listened to other uh, interviews uh, of myself uh, knows that I grew up in uh, Winnipeg, which is uh, the slurpy capital of Canada. Um, so it's just like a lot of, a lot of love for the Slurpees up here. So, okay. And on the topic of Slurpees, what's your flavor of choice? Uh, crushed lime, all of the, uh, no mixing, no swamp water action. Um, definitely an all lime guy. And I've gotten people that totally back that and, uh, people that think that's completely whack. So it's, a I don't, I don't give a fuck. I think Lime is great. Okay, for sure. And overall, uh, how was the tour? Because uh, it, it's cool to see Endgame getting out there and uh, doing stuff, like an actual run with a, a, another great band. So I'm just curious how it was for you guys to hit the road finally. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, this is our first, you know, proper tour. Uh, we've done a couple of, you know, weekend things in Alberta, but this was the first time that we're like in a vehicle that are going outside of our, you know, neck of the woods. Um, you know, BC isn't that far, but, you know, we want to make it a really condensed and just summer long, long weekend kind of vibe. Um, honestly, every show was awesome. There was no bad shows. Uh, every, each band did really, really well. Tons of kids uh, and tons of friends all coming out to each. Uh, I will say that the I think everyone in Endgame's like top show was definitely Vancouver. Uh, we were supposed to have it at this one venue that I guess they felt a little they had some pressure from the city of Vancouver where they couldn't throw the show uh, without getting shut down essentially. So we had a last minute venue change that I think anyone who's listening who's been in who plays in a band has probably been in those kind of scenarios where it's like 48, 48 hours out. And then you're like, Oh, there's a venue change. Is that going to change draw? Are people going to come out? But it was like sold out before the first band even played. And when we got on, it was just like, it was just immaculate vibes. Um, tons of kids going off. Um, it was, there's like definitely a ventilation problem in that venue um, that we moved to. Cause it was just like the hottest show that I've ever played. So um, definitely just like had a shower as quickly as I could. And then just, uh, it just reflected on how sick that show was. And from your perspective, you hitting the road with, uh, your band, how is the scene like in each different city? Cause obviously, um, like I always say, uh, people, uh, tend to overlook Canada. So it, it, it's cool for me to be able to have more Canadian bands on. So I, I'm just curious from, from your, your perspective, when you're traveling, across Canada and, and hitting these, these different cities and seeing these different bands, like, like how are these scenes developing over time? 
Yeah. Uh, so we, Edmonton was the first stop of our tour and we had just played there maybe like less than a month ago with uh, super crush from, uh, I think they're from Olympia. Um, so we had just played Edmonton and, you know, we were headlining this time around and it was cool to see before we started playing that, like, um, a lot of people were like sticking around to see us versus maybe the opposite of like, oh, it's too late in, in the night and, and kind of doing that. So Edmonton was really awesome. Um, it's cool to see us developing more, uh, more and more fans out there. Calgary is just hometown for us. We just had a lot of homies and like a lot of new kids that are coming out to those shows. Um, I want to shout out uh, some kid drove all the way from Saskatoon. So for the American listeners, that's like easily an eight hour drive from Calgary. And for some reason he thought that show was dope enough to come all the way from Saskatoon. So I want to shout him out. Um, Vancouver has always been a place that we've wanted to play and um, has always had a really young and thriving scene. So I knew that show was going to be awesome. Uh, And then Victoria, which is uh, again, for the people that might not know the geographics of Canada, there's, Essentially, Vancouver Island is off the mainland of Canada. You have to take a ferry to get there. Um, that was definitely the show going in where I felt the, the most like, I don't know what the fuck this is going to be like. Um, but because all my friends were just in the shallow end camp, I didn't really know anyone else. So um, by the time that, you know, we started playing, I was like, oh, OK, there's like, you know, 50, 60, even maybe 70 kids by the time that shallow end played that were just like super psyched on hardcore and talking to the guys like uh vancouver island just because of the the lack of frequency of shows is a lot different than like anywhere in the states uh or even a place like calgary there's a lot of like mixed bill show kind of situations where it's like there's a hardcore band and then there's you know a metalcore band and then a folk band or whatever but this was like an all hardcore gig and i felt like that gravitated to a lot of uh more people so yeah, like can't complain. Just had four awesome, uh, badass shows. And did anybody document it with like any you know filming of the tour? Will it be like a, a tour, like diary or something like that? Yeah, so that was definitely as someone that also does scope exposure and archiving sets. It was kind of like really trying to question my bandwidth as far as like trying to play as well as i can uh as especially as a single guitar player in a band um but also like do i want to film these shows so i opted not just because it was such a short run and i knew that we could cover the uh the calgary show you know just through the team that's based here like as soon as we're jumping off the podcast here i'm posting the shallow end um set from that show um i will shout out i'm just gonna pull up his instagram because he's based on the island and uh he filmed our uh our victoria show and is like very very new to it and has you know as an archivist has like the total right mindset so i want to shout out um his name is clayton and he runs medium good media um yeah like he's got the big old fucking you know broadcast style camera um and just you know nothing really fancy just throws a set online you know a few days after you know we got home so um yeah there was like a couple obviously not the full gambit if it was like me as scoped exposure following the bands alone but uh you know better than nothing i would say 
Okay. And as far as uh, like your takeaways from the tour or, or were there things that you wish you could have done different? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, we were supposed to have a date in Kelowna, which is kind of in between Vancouver and Calgary that kind of fell through. Um, we were trying to set things up like on the way and, and then we kind of just opted to have like a, a lake day, uh, with the shallowing guys. And honestly, that was really needed. Um, just like maybe we didn't play a show and make some extra money for gas and, and things like that, but we got just to have like quality time with the guys that we were on tour with. Um, so that was definitely something that, you know, maybe at the time didn't feel ideal, but looking back, it was like, yeah, that was definitely needed. Um, as far as like anything that we would do differently, um, maybe, no, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's like a hard question. There's definitely things we were talking about on the way back as far as like things that we wish we would have brought um versus like what we did bring like overpacking and and just like random shit like that but like i wouldn't really change anything with how the tour went it was it was immaculate in my opinion okay and just curious i uh follow uh you know wolfgang on twitter and he was trying to bang this drum for you guys to do this no warning cover did you guys ever end up doing the cover (laughs) well truthfully i think well we did talk about doing some kind of cover. I know Wolfgang is the kind of person that like really wants to do like proper covers. And for me, it's like, I would rather do like the first riff of a, of a, of a song as a cover, just to kick off the intro. Uh, we did not do uh, a nor warning cover and uh, yeah, we didn't do a cover of any kind. We did play a brand new song um, that, uh, that we recorded, uh, kind of a few months ago we started recording some new music and we started to put that one song in our set just to kind of like test it out in the field and see how people thought um it always was queued up because it's a very like it's like less than a minute long so i'd always say like yo if you got your speed shades on this is a song to put them on so i had one pair that i was using at the beginning of the tour and then it broke halfway uh halfway through the tour so i had to buy uh, a random new pair this is for all of jamie's video listeners this is the secondary pair of endgame speed shades that i bought it's got fucking vents on the side so you know it's high tech high tech (laughs) yeah so yeah no war no no warning cover but um yeah played some new shit which i think went over really Okay, yeah, and, and that can always be kind of dicey, right? Because you want kids to to go off and sing along and participate as much as possible. But when you throw in a, a new song that they've probably never heard before, that could kind of um, you know change the whole mood of the set. So it, it it is risky. But if the song is good enough, um, and you know kids are really into it, uh, you know they'll just start moshing right away, even if they don't really know the song. So it could be a good yeah. thing. Yeah, I felt like so again. The song is like less than a minute long it's really like a part a like fast part and then a part b like two-step more breakdown s part and i felt like i've been i've been in those cases too where i'm filming or watching a band and i'm like man this new song's like four minutes long and i'm bored as fuck um but so i thought it was like hey let's do something that's like super tolerable super fast and as soon as like the two-step part kicked in i saw people like oh yeah i'm into this so I thought it was a perfect um, fit for what we were trying to do as far as showing people what's coming up for Endgame, music-wise. Mm-hmm. 
and you obviously had the the newer single devil in disguise but as far as uh, the rest of the new music are you said that you're still recording the upcoming album yeah so we uh we drove up to regina uh which is in like more of the prairie parts of canada to record with our friend chris uh, demas uh we recorded six new songs um that i wouldn't say are coming out soon but like we're gonna essentially like see who wants to bite on new endgame material because i think truly this is our best material that we've put together today um especially when it comes to having an updated like lineup and just you know different people who are contributing on the writing side so um yeah like putting the sing the you know less than a minute song in our set was just a nice way to like show people like hey we put out devil in disguise in march but you know we always have new shit on the works um devil in disguise has been like really rocking like um just seeing the numbers as far as how fast it's you know grow- growing and probably we'll be passing our other most popular song which is above the law off of our demo so that's been really cool to see that grow but um yeah i think i would expect some you know teasing of new music probably in like the later half of this year if not at the very beginning of next year so and i was just skipping a you know just a little bit ahead um obviously mm-hmm. there's a feature on that song with cat uh, moss from scowl um, and I, I noticed for the five year, uh, you know, five year fest for scoped, uh, scowl, uh, end game playing different days. Do you know, will she stick around to maybe do her guest spot or is, are, are they going to be on tour and they're going to have to, you know, skedaddle. So I, if I know scowl well enough that I do, I know that they usually like stick around for the entirety of the fest that they're a part of. Um, I remember they showed up for like the pre-show of Promcore, which is now like at like you know, and they were like, yeah, we're staying around for the whole weekend, and you know they headlined the first night, but they were still around. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I have to I have to hit up Cap just to make sure, but I think as far as the logistics of how we're bringing Scal to the um, to the five year, I think that um, that she'll be there, and that will be the official debut of you know doing that part together, which is exciting. Um, yeah, that gets, that guest spot was very, very funny because, uh, when we were thinking about potential people, I offered, you know, again, it was right off. As soon as I got back from act like, or prom core 2021, it, we recorded that song pretty much immediately. Uh-huh. So when we were talking about ideas, I was like, man, like Scal is becoming this huge band. And like, I don't see cat on, on anything. And I think her voice is insane so like let's see if she would be down for it and uh, and she was and we started the planning of it and what was funny is that ballista dropped their album that also had cat on it as well and uh you know and that's just like uh, the nature of things at times but i think it's funny that you know cat will have the opportunity to ter- to do her spot on our during our set but also for ballista's set as well so um yeah cat cat's just I feel like it was like, again, she's got an incredible voice and I wanted to, you know, see if she would be down um, as like an early person. Cause you know, there's, there's times where you hit someone up and they're like, dude, I've literally been, I've literally done like five guest spots in the last month. So I got to chill out. So. 
Yeah, and it's kind of crazy if, if you think about when that song dropped into where Scowl is at today. Crazy. They just keep growing, and it's definitely awesome to see. I love that band, and everybody in that band is awesome and deserves everything that's coming their way. Yeah, totally. And you, even just like Cat being a part of uh, Scope 5 was literally like 11th hour shit. Like we were going to drop the lineup and we got a message from their um, from their booking person essentially being like, hey, the band wants to do this. Um, like, is there any way that we can like, you know, you know, do this? So I'm like, I'm like FaceTiming Malachi and they're just finishing up playing a show being like, can I put you guys on the poster? And they're like, yeah, of course. I said it's fine. So like, you know, you're not going to get in trouble or anything like that. So I remember we I went to a show at, with a version of the poster without Scout. And then by the time I got home and like did the edit and then resend out the graphic to all the bands uh, for posting day, it was like it was just wild. And I'm sure like anyone who books a fest or books any kind of show has those kind of moments where it's like being so down to the wire before you're making shit public versus having to do a second announcement much later. No, I've definitely been there. I'm like trying to w get my guy to wake up because he, he's on the East coast and then uh, he doesn't wake up and then you're like, shit, all right, we just got to post it. And then we got to just type up a little thing and let people know there's like some small changes. Um, so it, it, it happens, but it's cool that I mean, you were able to get them on. But, but we'll get back to the um, scope of five year. But going back to, to Endgame, I was, uh, you know, obviously I, I follow um, you on Instagram and I, I follow the band. And I was looking at you guys' merch. There's a shirt that you guys have, which it's, you know, Endgame Advanced Hardcore. Um, and, and then on the back, there's like these cartridges. Uh, and you know, obviously, people our age, like we know what that is. We're like we're, we're gamers, so we understand that that's like an old handheld. That's Game Boy Advance. That's like you know, uh, uh, like the you know the rip of that. But have you ever had anybody to come up and be like, hey, like what is this design about? It's really funny that you asked that because I think trying to be self aware as a band, where it's like you know, I I definitely think that us repping the the gamer flag and the the gamer mentality for stuff has has worked for us a lot um there are definitely people that don't come from that background where they look at a shirt and they're like i don't understand what this is and and they might pass on buying the shirt i think there was a couple moments so i think it's like just kind of playing to two different markets so i think we discussed for um our next merch cycle um for scope five uh hold your ground and another fest that um, that we are in talks with as well. A lot of our um, our fall tours and uh, not tours, but tour festivals. A lot of our fall festivals are um, our merch spread is going to be. I think the the items that we will print will be a little less gamer focused, but that is definitely a flag that we are proud to uh, to wave. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, it was funny because we did like, you know, we did like the N64 like stickers, like very early, or we did the N64 tapes. We did the Game Boy shirt. And then we're like, let's do like an advanced, like advanced HC just sounds like so funny, but like cool. And I thought it was like really awesome to have the cartridges with all of our different releases on the back. Uh, I have to shout out Isaac from, from eight gates and promises kept um for designing uh that shirt specifically like he took my vision for it and just like blew it out of the water so yeah i'm I, definitely a lot of people have told me that is their favorite endgame shirt um that they 
have bought or like, you know, people in the band as far as making it, but it definitely isn't for everyone. <laughs> I've learned that. For sure. Well, yeah. And I feel like you just got to put it out there and if people like it, cool. Uh, if not, all right, no, not to print as many uh, that design <laughs> next time, just let it sit. People buy it eventually. But um, obviously on that uh, same shirt, one of the cartridges features the split uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, you guys have never done a shirt with the album cover from that split. Have you? No, because I think printing all of those colors would be like, it's like the Joe exotic mean, like I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> Cause I think it's probably like seven or eight colors. And like, I would love to, mm -hmm. um, I, I know that they're, you know, shout out to living in fear like Kurt and i have been talking about doing some like fun little collab things uh because we're both playing act like you know in tulsa and that will be probably the first time that we as two bands that is split together play together and um i i think i can say this but like aaron uh, well kurt was very specific to aaron who books that fest to be like yo living in fear and endgame need to pay need to play back to back so i think that if there's if there's anything there's probably going to be a collab shirt of some kind for that fest for the both of us but mm -hmm. i don't know if it'll be the full artwork um we've talked about doing like flags of that artwork um because that is like definitely one of my the craziest things artistically that i've ever put out into the world but uh yeah no shirts as of yet all right. Well, I'll continue to wait patiently because I think those shirts will go crazy. I, I, I know it might be expensive, but I think you could recoup. I will say if there's any merch people that listen to Jamie's podcast and you want to do that split artwork, you hit my line and we'll figure something out. Tulsa, Oklahoma. I, I know a couple of people. Let me reach out and see, see what we okay. can get. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards. Yeah. I'll put some feelers out there and, and see what we can uh, get done. But Are you going to come to act like, you know, Jamie, Jeez. I'm putting you a little bit on the spot here. You are. I hate answering that question. You're not the first person to ask me. Um, if I'm being honest, I would love to go to Tulsa. Um, I have been in talks with take it to heart, obviously, um, local band to me. Those are my friends. I'm actually going to hang out with some of them after we wrap up here. And I was like, yo, let's figure out a plan. Like, let's all go out together. And um, obviously, they've all been busy doing uh, their own thing. Ben's in a new band called Sanctify. Uh, Eric just got back to the United States because he was on tour with Dare. So, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know what the plans are. Like, like I said, I, I would love to go because it's an awesome lineup. There's so many bands uh, that I love that are playing. And then there's some bands that I've never seen before that I would love to be able to go out there and see like uh, first day out. Awesome band. They just put out uh, yeah, just put out a new record. Amazing. Uh, Squint living in fear, obviously Endgame, uh, wide man from Denver. There, there, there's so many awesome bands, but then also like, you know, I, I, I love seeing anxious and it. Gridiron Spy. So yeah, uh, it, it, it's a super awesome fest. I would love to be there, but I just don't know yet. So it's not a no, but it's not a yes. So I'm, it, it's up in the air. So I, yeah. I could be there. Who knows? Yeah. Well, maybe that's the if you do make it, maybe that's the time where you, you can do an interview and I can film it for you for a little special. Oh man, don't even get me started. Now I'm giving you extra reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I wish you were local because I need a new cameraman. Yeah. Um, but, a, Canada and California are a little ways away from one another. Yeah, it's okay. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll, we'll definitely uh, do some sort of uh, collab outside of this in the future. Totally. Okay, so tour is wrapped up, uh, and no, uh, you know, uh, time frame for the actual record. Yeah, I think we are. Honestly, we're we're still like in the actual like recording process. Like mm -hmm. we didn't have enough time when we went out to Regina uh, for Wolf to track his vocals, so we're kind of taking our time on that. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be like you know chopped around. I know there's a couple people that have expressed serious interest as far as putting it out, but I mm -hmm. think we want to weigh some options. Um, but yeah, I think it is definitely the best endgame stuff to date and i feel like it i feel like every fuller release outside of devil because it's just a single um has had a little bit like our like the shoes of the genres that we're kind of dipping into is like you know definitely we're a hardcore band and we have like thrash influence but you know some people are confused with like okay this is a straight up hardcore song and then this is like more of a mid-tempo break or beatdown-esque so you know and i think that's been a strength of end games is that we can play in multiple lanes without feeling it like too jarring um but this stuff definitely feels the most cohesive of everything that we've done so um yeah i'm i'm excited for people to hear it uh you know there's been a lot of labor on the guitar side um especially when we were recording the the material i played guitar for like 12, day, 12 hours straight, two days in a row, just wearing those speed shades that I mentioned earlier. And uh, I think it shows in the recordings. That's crazy. That's only a long time. Uh, ever have the thought when you're in Regina, maybe you'd get a little gig together because there's some awesome bands from there? Yeah, I think uh, there was some thoughts about that. Um, we definitely want to go to Regina. We have a you know, a bunch of friends, obviously Chris, who, you know, records there is really connected to the hardcore scene. Um, would love to play with Stepping Stone or Flashback in their home turf. I think that would be cool. Um, and, you know, especially if we're playing there, we might as well go to Winnipeg where I'm from and, you know, play some, a local, a local show there. So that's definitely on the, on the, the chopping block as far as when it's, uh, it's up, it's up in the air. Um, but yeah, it will. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't happen this year. Okay, because uh, I think you, uh, well, not you, but um, Endgame and Stepping Stone pair really well together. I agree. I would love to bring that band out of the, um, you know, neutral state that they are in right now. I know that, like, you know, Flashback is taking the majority of things, and you know, Luke from Stepping Stones being a badass firefighter dude. Um, but I would love even just to play a local show with those guys. Um, yeah, definitely the homies and definitely uh, a band that I think Endgame would do well with, either as a one-off or multiple shows. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you, you did mention uh, some festivals that you're playing towards the fall. Uh, I know you probably can't say too much, but I I'm just curious, anything in the United States? um there is one in the states that i don't think i can talk about now uh but it mm -hmm. is in california um okay. 
So there is some discussions there. Uh, I think the main thing is just, you know, doing scope five and then two weeks later we do uh, hold your ground. And then a few more weeks later is this other thing. So it's just trying to like balance a lot of those and just making sure that we have the bandwidth, you know, everyone can get the time off. Um, but yes, we are, you know, there's that, but then there's, you know, fast forwarding a little bit more, like we've already announced act like, you know, but there's something around that as well, where we are trying to plan, um, a little bit of a, like a proper U S tour. Mm-hmm. So we would kind of like start in the Midwest and then work our way down to like, um, you know, the Phillies and, you know, some of those kind of areas. And then we'd like work our way down and then back around into Oklahoma. So that is definitely going to be our bigger ticket tour that we're trying to do before the end of the year. Um, but we're just kind of still in the midst of that, you know, getting visas is, is a fucking nightmare, whether, whether you're coming up to Canada or you're going down to the States. So we're just in the mix of that right now. Okay. Yeah. Cause when I look at, uh, you guys doing that run, I'm like, okay, th- th- that's awesome. I- I'm sure all the local Canadians are super hyped to see these newer bands come through and, you know, kind of, you know, keep shit going. But when, when I think about, um, you know, out here in the States, I'm like, okay, cool. You guys did a Canadian tour, come do a California tour or a West coast tour or just any other regions. I know it, it'd be really hard to do a full U S tour. Um, but just to get out here and uh, just get way more exposure, I, I think would be beneficial not only for Endgame but for uh, you know Canadian hardcore as a whole. Yeah, I totally agree. I was having this conversation with the guys while we're on tour, just about like how, in my opinion, I think it's super important for a band, you know, where like from a certain Canadian part of the world to be able to like redirect attention back to like local bands that they play with or their friends as bands um and you would see that with a lot of bands from different provinces across like i know stepping stone really was when they were like really active like they would fly that flag and i think for us like we definitely have been getting a lot of like american offers uh i think it was just so important to hit like especially vancouver and some of those like you know, west of us kind of shows um, as a band before we were doing bigger scale things like going to the States or doing full U.S. tours or anything like that. So um, it's honestly like still surreal to me on how wide the spread of like Endgame's music has gone. Like I was checking, like we do very little like promo of like the the new single and it's still like the numbers climb and our monthly listeners climb and you know, I'm really thankful for that and really grateful because I know like a lot of bands, not even from Canada, but like places in the States, like um, they're trying to figure out ways just to, like to break through the noise that is, you know, the the crazy, you know, playing field of, of hardcore these days. So, um, yeah, it's it's awesome. And I think that I think a lot of things that we're doing this year are going to help set Endgame to really be just a powerhouse like live touring band uh for next year well i don't want to take any credit but you know a lot of people were pretty hyped on your track when it was featured on the hardcore caviar playlist well that's good to know you know i i think the hardcore caviar playlist um is um 
has been tested and it's got a reputation and I love to hear that people were stoked on it. So th- thanks, Jamie. No problem. Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I, I'm just using it. That, that's my, uh, my my cheap promo. I, I don't plug it enough, but um, I, I was happy to feature it. Obviously, I support um, everything that you do. And it's cool to, to help push you or help push Endgame out there and just get in front of as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, I think it's just been wild to, to see the the very steady growth. It hasn't been like we had the one big boom off of like one person sharing it uh, who's in like a big band. It's been like, you know, crazy to hear from people in like huge bands that I respect. Like, oh, yeah, I've heard that song. I've heard that song. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that like Devil in Disguise is definitely the best showcase of like where Endgame is going. And this next release is definitely going to be like that song, but times six. <laughs> so, And obviously um, the record's not done yet, but are you even thinking about like the kind of rollout you want to have with it? Because um, obviously the, the big thing is vinyl pressing still such a big issue. Is that something that you guys are even thinking about or are you taking into consideration that it is still a problem and you might hold off on even thinking about vinyl? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, depending, I think our goal with that release is to put it out with um, like, ideally we like to put it out with a label that we love and we believe in mm-hmm. and, and you know, that those feelings are mutual and, and, um, and go back towards us. Um, and if that label is like, yo, like we can, we can put this out, but it'll only be in the summer of next year, then that's just what it is. Um, I definitely think, putting something on wax is a, a, a milestone of, of for my music endeavors that I just haven't been able to achieve yet. I think doing tapes and CDs is dope and, you know, cost effective, but I just want to be able to have, you know, you know, like something that like for the amount of work that we're all pouring into to be able to, to hold that, um, you know, definitely. I think Tyler from KOTP has always talked about like putting the, the split that we did with living and fear uh, through his record label um, on like a 12 inch or, you know, something like that, which I'm still open to because mm-hmm. I believe in those songs and holding that artwork that big would be cool. But uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely still a problem, but I am a firm believer with most things in life that like, it's easy to complain about things. And I think for me, it's always been like, okay, well, how do we adapt and how do we, you know, make the best of what, what we have um in front of us right now so okay well i'm still looking forward to it i I can't wait to hear the new music because obviously um, i've heard you talk about how uh, your music has leveled up and this is uh, you know a great representation of this new like balanced sound so I'm, i'm definitely looking forward to that and can't wait for everybody else to hear it when it's ready to be released yeah i think um if you you know, I mentioned we had that one song. So if any, you know, once we put out the the scope live set, but there's also the the um, uh, the other set that that went out of us on the internet, you can you can probably find it and and hear how that song sounds. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some bangers, and you know, you are a trusted source that I would probably send. You know, once we get masters, you know, a little, little early listen because. Yeah. All right, I that hardcore caviar boost, you know, owes some. Uh... We'll, we'll boost it again when the, we'll 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 get the the full record up there. 
um, people get you know people get mad when I do that. Like I think the last time I did that um, when the ankle biter demo dropped, I put the whole demo up there, and people were like, "What the hell? Why does this band get like four or five songs on there?" The like, demo is like five minutes long, so I don't even know what people are complaining. About. It's it's the people find ways to complain about everything. Like I, I literally got a message like, "Hey, the playlist is actually good this month," and I'm like. What? <laughs> like all right thanks i i try you know i i i try to showcase uh, the the new things that that i think people should be listening to because obviously yeah. I, I could do it the cheap way and just put the songs that i know everybody likes but that's not fun yeah creating a flow is super important mm -hmm. um that's a band that i'm ultra excited to see at uh at uh act like you know ankle biter yeah, great band, and um, obviously I'm friends with uh, like half the band, and I I, I asked, I'm like, yo, like, how does uh, uh, Rachel sound live? And I'm just like, she says a lot of words in those songs, and it's easy or not easy, but it, it's um, you know, uh, when you go and record, it's like cool. There's uh, not that much pressure because exactly, you know, punch in. and you're yeah, punch in, and you're just doing that one song. You're not playing a whole set. There's not like all this like you know all these other factors. But my friends are telling me like, no, like she can do that live. Like it sounds really good. So I'm definitely looking forward to catching them at some point either at act like you know or somewhere else yeah i'm excited to see them i know rachel and i also geeked out a little bit uh because i have them on my on my podcast um uh for scoped uh that will be coming out probably before this episode comes out but um we were geeking out because we're both big pokemon fans mm -hmm. so i'm like okay bring your switch because we'll definitely be doing some like pokemon battles or something in between bands so uh yeah shout out to ankle biter they're sick i'm i'm stoked for the future of that band 100 percent. they're awesome and I'm, I'm happy a lot of people are showing them love because uh they deserve it great sound but okay moving on to scope exposure five-year fest it's crazy to think that it's you know been going on for five years is that i'm trying to think how long had it been going on when we started talking did we it, I think we definitely linked up before the pandemic. So that's a little bit of a. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I tried to base around like the first time you came on the podcast back in 2019. Yeah. Um, I listened to your interview with Nathan uh, from Stepping Stone. Uh -huh. uh, and I was like, I'm, I'm into this. And but because that, that was like episode 33 or something. Jeez. I can look that up. Let's see. Yeah, so it's been a minute. Um, Still one yeah. of my favorite interviews, by the way. I think they were like the uh, like Nathan, uh, just his personality. Um, when when he he came on that first time, I, like I, I would I was like still new to doing all that, and I was just like, all right, we, we got to be professional. We got to try to you know. Uh, you know, sound like I know what I'm talking about, but with uh, Nathan and Brett, they were like the first people to come on and actually want to ask me questions about myself i'm like oh okay they're, they're trying to uh, uh turn the tides on me it was actually episode 44 44 okay yeah. so i had the the double number mm. um correct just not the actual number yeah itself. you're just one digit off it's okay one digit off um okay but yeah so or 10 depending how you look at it yeah it's all about perspective right so tw 2019 how how far has that been going so was that well, that's just when we linked up as far mm -hmm. as like when scope started um 
yeah scope started in 2017 mm-hmm. um i was filming shows just under my own name um just maybe like a year or so before that and i think i wanted to like just create a brand that it wasn't like people only looked at me as like oh spencer only films hardcore shows because at the time i was trying to like you know get freelance gigs and just get a little bit of side money but people would only use my festival or festival videos or live set live sets as a point of reference but didn't know that i knew how to interview people or you know create a a corporate video whatever whatever it was so scoptic was really just a, a need for me to kind of like separate you know as far as the video stuff that i was doing um and yeah that was in 2017 i think like the original formation of that was around uh before it was called wild rose it was called western front for a year and so as far as like collabing with matt and cole uh who all like met up there because i didn't live in calgary at the time so there's just been like a, a huge so many so much growth and so much change uh in five years like i moved cities um as far as like where i was living but also where i was going we've been able to travel a lot more and film like bands in california or oklahoma or you know other parts of the world um the podcast has obviously like been a huge thing that has been added into the arsenal and i think the pandemic just kind of like allowed that to be a focus without having it to compete with live sets because live sets at the time just didn't really you know the creation of that wasn't prominent or possible um and now it's it's been a lot of reflection for me, especially this year in my life of like how much I can actually do scoped, you know, without like, you know, like a a revenue stream behind me or like things like that. Um, And just kind of like thinking about the future of where I actually want this thing to go. I think the, the whole idea with scoped was like, I just want to support the scene and I want to document DIY music. Um, And I don't want to really like, be selective as far as the bands that you know i will film i just will film an entire show i want to give everyone the 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 time of day that i wish you know my bands you know that i wasn't getting filmed uh growing up deserved and just give be like a constant like single beacon for just western Canada as, as a whole so even though we go down to oklahoma to film promcore we go to california to film Northern Alliance, people will still see scoped exposure, a Canadian flag, and that creates like a conversation. And that creates like bands being interested, like, oh, who are, who is this false body band from Edmonton? Oh my gosh, they're amazing. Who is this band Endgame? So I think it like really opens, has opened the doors a lot and really like actually put us on the map a lot more than we were five years ago. Um, and, you know, like I'm just one cog in, in, a, in a big, hardcore machine uh but i feel very stoked about like how many people have like picked up on what scoped has been doing and uh and the five year is just our way of like fucking just having a giant party about that that's awesome when i mention uh western canada i tell people that i I have you know some friends up there and people know about scoped which is cool I don't even have to explain, uh, you know, who you are or what you do. It's like people already know. 
So over the years to be able to see you grow, because obviously when we first talked, I just like, oh, this is just, you know, a guy who's trying to, uh, you know, document and, you know, archive all these bands coming through his area, which is cool. But then I remember you wanting to do your own podcast and I'm like, hell yeah, branch out, do more, uh, you know, as long as you can be consistent and keep it balanced, like it wouldn't hurt. I, I only saw you doing more as just helping the whole thing that you were working on. So it's crazy to to see uh you know here we are you know scoped five years later and how much of an impact and obviously it, it definitely is hard to see in real time right to see how many people um you're actually affecting or how many people actually know because you can look at your analytics and see numbers but there's people who probably know about you that you just you know won't really know until you're actually out there in the wild and have these uh, you know face-to-face encounters so it, it definitely is an awesome thing to see and i i care about too because you you bring up the year 2017 that's actually the same year that this podcast started Mm. but not like (laughs) not anything worth listening to uh episode one's somewhere lost on uh soundcloud but um yeah if, if you go back to those early episodes they're really bad don't listen to them but they're there so um it it it's cool to see how far you have come, you know, with this whole thing, scope exposure. And I'm definitely happy that you were able to get this, uh, you know, two day fest, uh, together. Cause there's some awesome bands on there. Yeah. Uh, b- before we get into that, I think I, first off, thank you for all the, the kind words. Um, I just want to say like, for, for anyone who's listening to this, like, I think, um, hardcore is a vehicle for people to, increase how much they are part of it by participation so you know and i think it's like yeah the same thing with the very first couple of scope podcasts that i did the very first like couple of live sets it was like so underexposed like the like the audio is like okay like i think learning by doing it is like so like such a huge lesson that i've learned through hardcore and like so many people like you know i think unfortunately there are people that will kind of like be weird about like oh like maybe don't film my band or like maybe i'm not gonna let you do this but like there is always going to be other people uh who are going to give you that at bat to like allow you to like rise to the occasion to do your thing and that could be anything from filming shows taking photos at shows booking a show doing a zine um i think it's just so cool to see um yeah, like I, I am forever indebted to like the people like Keenan Harrison who allowed me to film the very first Calgary Hardcore Fest. Just and I had like no experience. I'm like, hey, I kind of do this. My band is playing. Like, would would you be open for me? He's like, yeah, of course. And people like Adam Dyson from Withdrawal who like reached out to me to like film their um film their release show uh for for their latest record and like very specifically being like we know that your the way you do things is like hardcore and not like trying to make this big music video and all these things so i think there's definitely been you know in five years there's been a lot of people that have tried to like silently push me down or like try to snuff me out and i think there's been far more people that have embraced me like 
like giving me like good feedback as far as what I'm doing and like giving like kind of those reminders, as you said, like you could be in the weeds of it and just be like, man, am I even like making a, a chip it, or like, am I chipping away at something? Or if I'm, am I making an impact? Does anyone give a fuck about this? And then you get like that one DM from someone being like, yo, like it me like, it's wild when I go to a fest and I'm talking to someone and then someone taps me on the shoulder and be like, do you run a podcast? And I'm like, oh yeah. It's like, oh, that's where I know your voice from. We're like, hey, I have to do like crazy five hour commutes every day for work. So I like use your podcast as a way to kill time. So I think as Scoped has grown, it's like, it's like the more that I give to it, the more I get back, which makes me want to give more. And then it becomes this like endless cycle. Um, and I think that's anyone who like really gives a fuck about hardcore as a community, not just like a cool thing that they get to do and what, how they benefit from that. I think if you are like really about the community of hardcore, like you understand that cycle. And I think the only way that you can get into that motion is just starting and just trying and, and seeing what works and what doesn't and and making the changes from there. Hundred percent. I, you know, I'm happy to hear that you feel like you know, the more that you give, the more that, that you get back, and it just creates this cycle. Because I, I feel like people want like you know immediate results. They'll do something and they uh, want like instant gratification, or they want to go straight to the top. But it's just like uh, you got to put in some real work for people to actually want to take you serious, to want to support you, because it's. A grind, right? I'm, I'm sure you've right. you've experienced it, right? Where you're starting something new, people don't believe in you because it's something you know out of the norm, something that they've never done, something that you've never done, and they're like, "Oh, this isn't gonna work. This is weird. I don't want to support it." Um, and I, I'm just happy that you are able to stick through it. Obviously, uh, you know, for so long because uh, you're now able to have this reputation and see the fruits of your labor over time. Cause now you have like so many awesome live sets that are going to be there, you know, until the internet's gone, whenever that is. And now you're also in a band, uh, you're able to, you know, give back um, in a different way through playing and going through all, all these different cities. And also with the podcast, you know, giving people like, you know, th that relief when they have to do those commutes or just to help pass the time. So yeah. it, it's cool. I, I, I always encourage everybody to, to do more because I used to be that guy that would be like, all right, cool. I, I know I can't play in a band because I don't know how to do any or play any, any instruments and definitely don't have time to learn. So I'm just going to continue to just go to shows and I'll figure it out one day. And I, I, I always wanted to do more because I've loved hardcore ever since I found out about it. And I just never knew how to give back until I stumbled upon doing this podcast and thankfully i'm able to do it well and have so many people support it and i'm, I'm always appreciative of that and i always encourage everybody to, to do it. it it may seem scary or you know it may not be the coolest thing at first but if you stick through it just give it time and take it serious like you got to give it time to grow for it to turn into something cool yeah and i think if i can add to that like i think another thing is like re realizing that um it, it is a grind, as you said, like mm -hmm. if 
I hope that when I die one day that I can have a list of the amount of hours that I put into scoped. That's just like listed because it's like, I think everyone's got bills to pay. Everyone's got responsibilities. Everyone's got like other things, but I've sac I've sacrificed a lot of leisure and a lot of like family time. Oh, we hit travel to go film that show. So sorry, there, there's a little hiccup. Oh, that's fine. Um, you, um, I, you said you, you, you sacrifice a lot of leisure and then you cut out and then it jumped to you saying family. Yeah. So, yeah, I've sacrificed a lot of leisure, family, social time to be able to do scoped. And I think that's something that like anyone that does a fest, like they're sacrificing like so many of their weekends because they're just sending out multiple, multiple emails or sacrificing like anything great that exists in that scene is because someone put ungodly amount of hours into, and that that's anything from something like LDB fest or like a record label, like triple B. Um, like it's very clear as someone who like clearly inspired me to start scope, like Sonny puts in like insane hours to not only like, like make what he makes, but also like make what he makes in an efficient way. So that's like something, you know, that I think people should recognize too, like, and also recognizing that it's okay to have a bit of a break, you know, like bands take breaks, you know, uh, like we were talking about while on tour, like how Queensway, it was a band that like was like popping and kind of just went away for a little bit. And then they came back and now they're just, you know, as big as they ever were, if not more. So, you know, two of my favorite people that make content for like the hardcore community um, are Davin from Mark for Life and Jack from What It Takes. And like both of them have like, you know, they're doing school and like crazy stuff. And, you know, maybe when I originally linked up with them, you know, they were pumping out episodes and uh, articles and just like a ton of crazy stuff. But, you know, life shifts. And I think it's about like recognizing that and not trying to like beat like champion, like, like push your arms up being like, no, it needs to be this way. And I think I can get into that a little bit myself where it's like, my life is super busy right now. And like, I am trying so hard to like keep scope the consistent level that it was, especially when I had like loads of time in the pandemic and I wasn't working a, a, a whole lot. Um, but now it's like, kind of you know there's been multiple times where i've had to look in the mirror and be like do i want to film shows do i only want to do the podcast like what's the actual percentage of like what i can actually do bandwidth wise so i think it's important just to start and just get your feet wet and just get going but i also think like as things grow like knowing how to make time for that and like what are you willing to sacrifice and what are you not hundred percent. That's what separates the greats from, you know, the, the people who just do it and fade away. Cause uh, I'm sure you've seen it as long as I've been doing this, I've seen so many people come and go start stuff and it just not stick around, doesn't last. And, uh, you know, uh, whether it be good or bad, uh, it, it's, you know, a matter of fact, you have to sacrifice to just, keep it going consistently and to be of a certain standard, right? Cause you could slap together some shitty thing, you know, crappy audio, 
crappy interview, whatever. Um, and that stuff becomes like, you know, really clear when people are, you know, consuming your, your content. So it, it's a lot of work to, you know, do things consistently, but to do it consistently well. So it's, it's definitely cool to see you able to, you know, kind of make it through because a lot of people have fallen off and, and it's hard, like straight up, it's hard. There's like, there's still times where I'm just like, shit, I gotta do the, these damn edits. I gotta make the TikToks. I'm, I'm sitting over here making TikToks and it's just like, I, I always think about, it. I'm just like, all right, I, I was like, I don't need to make a TikTok for this one. It'll be fine. But then I was like, no, I was like, since I've started, I haven't <laughs> no stopped. No one's going to link to this one on TikTok. No one's going to care. Yeah, but it's just like, um, I've I, I've started it. So I was just like, I can't stop now because it would just be weird to, because I, I can't go back and then like edit my TikTok feed because then it'd be all out of order. So I'm like, no, I, I got to right. keep it consistent. And, um, and, and it's cool because obviously with that, there's been people who found it or found the podcast over there, which I'm like, this is cool, but very unexpected. So I'm just, uh, that was one thing when I got into the, the 300s, I wanted to get it into more places. Cause before I was like, Oh yeah, it's fine. Just on, uh, Spotify, Apple music, whatever. And no video, right. I, I hadn't done video for so many episodes, but you know, getting inspired through you. And then once, uh, you know, Spotify anchor started supporting it, I was like, all right, like we got to step up and start making this a thing. Which I have to thank you because we wouldn't have had the early access to the video uh, on Spotify feature if it wasn't for you. I, re I remember very clearly like, yo, are you going to this thing? I'm like, I didn't even know that existed. And you gave me the link and, and hooked it up. So, And dude, like, it's just me knowing what you do. And I, I just knew that it was something that would make a lot of sense because i know you go hard on the youtube so for you to be able to get it onto the anchor and spotify i'm like yeah i was like it, it just made sense so that's why i reached out just in case you weren't aware and I, I was happy to be able to help you yeah yeah it's uh i i think about that all the time too like um just how to always keep things interesting and fresh you know that's a huge reason why uh a good friend uh of mine jessa uh, who runs damage control. Like we started like kind of a, a different show as a part of the scoped exposure podcast universe, but it's like more sit down style. We'll like talk about bands that we like or different things. It's honestly been a while since we've recorded an episode um, just because we've been, both been so busy, but like that has gotten way more um, initial success. If you want to use that term off of just like a regular interview. So like, you know, like you said, like putting shit on TikTok or doing video, like always keeping things interesting. Cause I think that there are people that can make content either in the music scene or elsewhere where it just like, there's, there's no evolution to it. And then it just becomes stale and repetitive. So I think always being aware of like, when, when is it, when is it time to keep the course as far as like, this is working, let's stick to this, but also like, how can we add to it and make it more awesome and more sick um but dude yeah like i don't feel like i really got the the numbers that i had hoped for this podcast until like 105 because 105 is when brian from knock loose came on and it like mm -hmm. that totally opened up the doors and we had like back to back to back like huge drop episodes and then that kind of like opened you know, being able to have, you know, 
terror from scott vogel or mm. scott vogel from terror mm. on that's back that's backwards um and jay from mind force uh jesse from stitcher guns like tons of like huge name people that like if you would ask me even a year ago um i'd be like oh i don't think we're getting to that level and then even if you fast forward it even more like going back to five years like those are people that i would have dream to like be able to have uh you know even just a conversation at a show with let alone like a two-hour podcast one-on-one conversation so yeah i i really am like really grateful for like any person that's given me any amount of their time to be able to like build this hardcore brand that i'm that i'm building so yeah, no, it's it's special, man. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm I I always support what you do. I have no problem, uh, you know, doing what I can to you know help you know get you guys more exposure because obviously, uh, you've always been good to me. Um, you know, behind the scenes, anytime I ever needed anything, I, I reach out, call you, hit you up on Facebook. You know, yeah. So I I definitely you appreciate always say that. hello, Mister Script Exposure, <laughs> and I give you shit. About it. <laughs> I I just think it's so funny. Um. Uh, I, 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 you should hear what I'm saying as it's ring, as the phone call or as the phones are ringing, because I just love. Um, hopefully, I'm not saying too much, but I, I just love when it, I, I look at my phone and, and it just says Manitoba, and it's just like you're the only person I've ever called in my life. <laughs> I mean, where it says Manitoba, so I'm just like, all right, Mr. Manitoba, here we go. I wonder if he's gonna pick up. It's that 204 area code. Yeah, crazy. Okay, but finally, <laughs> getting back to the um, actual fest. So. Um, with the lineup that you have, um, how much of a role do you have in choosing the day-to-day lineup? Um, or, and are you working around these bands like tour schedules, obviously, because um, I know some of them are, uh, you know, doing stuff around scoped and do you have to take that into account beforehand or is that something that um, they work out afterwards? Yeah. So like, um, any, anyone that knows me knows that I'm not the the primary booking shows person uh jess is definitely the uh the front runner of that um but we are working in tandem with one another with one another on on this fest um so there's a lot of things that i'm learning um but also a lot of just yeah different things around the world of like okay well this band can only play this day because someone is attending the wedding the day before and then has to catch like a 7 a.m flight um so there's like there's naturally stuff like that um i think I don't want to say uh, there's already, you know, bands that are have already announced that they're going to be touring around the festival, like Gates to Hell and Constraint. But there, I think that there's a couple others uh-huh. that are doing that. Um, obviously, like a lot of the big names like Strife and Tsunami. Um, and I'm pretty sure Scout are all flying in. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely some of those. Um, Cohesion, which is uh, a band from Toronto. Um I actually don't know if they're tour. Uh, I think that, that might be a little bit of a. Yeah, a I don't know if we if we can say it because uh, I I talked to I got some stuff off here, but I don't know what's official and what's not. So. Yeah. Well, sorry, Kyle. Uh, if I gave anything away there, but yeah, there's there's a, a number of bands that are planning things around the fest, which is sick, um, because that honestly just means more you know, shows in, you know, the surrounding cities like Edmonton or Vancouver or even Regina. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of logistics, a lot of hoops. Um, and you know, as the date nears closer and closer, it's, uh, the stakes get higher and higher. Um, but yeah, I think 
we're all very, very excited about it. And uh, I think it's going to be a true celebration of just like Western Canada, hardcore Calgary, hardcore, and just all the people that have like been about it uh, and, and about what I do uh, since day one. So looking forward to it. And what kind of venue is it in? I'm curious. So it's like a community hall kind of vibe. Um, Jess and I looked at it, I think in like February or something, we like drove and I think we had a moment where we looked at each other and we were like, this is the, this is the spot. It's got like really high ceilings, all white walls, um, gymnasium style floor. Um, so I, I would almost, cause FYA has, it's all carpet, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say it's like a similar layout as like FYA as far as the, this last year, but like it has more of that, like, uh, man, I'm going to butcher like the, the material as far as these floors are concerned, but it's like, it's more of that, like squeaky Air Max sneaker kind of floor versus like, you have to go against the, the carpet Mm. and and get, and, and risk the rug burn, if you will. I get it. It's, um, maybe uh, hard maple i'm like looking it up I'm like what is <laughs> what is the i I, googled, <laughs> I literally googled what is a basketball court floor made out of and yeah it's like hard maple <laughs> yeah but uh yeah like the stage is big um so there's definitely going to be some some uh some diving which i think is uh going to be perfect there's kind of like a where the bands are going to be there's kind of like a an awning where they'll be able to watch from this little like lookout place um so it's crazy it's like a lot of stuff that we're thinking about is like you know the logistics of the show but as someone who's also going to be like um filming it i also get to think about like okay let's put a camera up in this area that kind of shoots down and where are we going to set up other things as far as how we document because this is definitely a uh an event that i want to do the most amount of production for any scope video ever just because it's like it's our five year. If I don't have at least five cameras for a five year, there's probably a problem. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, I'm bringing in like a good team that, um, is going to allow me to like only pick up my camera, film the bands and then put it down. And then they handle, you know, making sure I have a fresh battery or my cards are, you know, dumped and, and all that more technical stuff because I'm having to wear three different hats for that fest is going to be, a lot so anything that i can do to make that a little bit easier when i'm actually in between bands is is something that i'm thinking about and, wow. and putting into putting into place big time changing your batteries for you <laughs> i'm just it's literally like i film the band i'm gonna hand it off to jordan and say like see you see you here in 10 minutes you know depending on the change over time because i'm gonna probably have to go make sure people have water people are like getting where they need to be making sure people aren't like being a dick or whatever so uh yeah i shout out to my team and uh and people who are going to be helping me out for that because i i need it <laughs> and as far as like you know leading into the venue before you actually locked it down are you even thinking about like the kind of like acoustics the the room has or are you able to you know, adjust the sound with the setup with the speakers. So that doesn't really matter to you. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't. um, So I guess as part of the production side, like I definitely want to do like the proper, like 
live mixing and audio tracking. When we were picking the venue, like they've, they've had loud events in there before, um, you know, weddings, um, things like that. It's definitely like, I think it's the first time that they're doing it for like a full on like festival or anything like that. But um, yeah, like it's got good sound system. And I think who we have lined up to do sound and, and the audio tracking as well, like they're professionals and, you know, they can, they can uh, figure that out if, if, and when it, they run into any issues, but yeah, I didn't really like think about like treat treating the room as it was, isn't something that we have that has not even hit our radar. And as far as uh, the setting, is it going to be lights on or are you getting stage lights? So as someone that films bands, I hate when the shows are like really dark. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be lights on all the time on unless a band is like very particular about like, hey, can we have certain lights on or certain lights off? Uh, I just think it looks better for the videos um, where you can like see everyone moshing versus like it's just kind of dark and you see some like shadowy figures you know pitting um but yeah if if it was up to me every band would have full lights on all the time you know it back at fya 2020 um fya 7 um which is this sign right here yeah um, i see that inclination they played and i think i think it was like a mistake somebody just flipped the lights on and everybody was like this is a vibe and that was talked about so much and it was such a cool like setting and it kind of just like felt like a throwback and everybody liked that we could see everything so um you know fast forward to fya 8 like the whole fest had lights on it was like not even a question it was seriously the coolest thing yeah i think it's just it's easier um you know it's like i filmed sanction where they were like turn all the lights off and then everyone's like scared because they're gonna take a an unexpected fist to the face but i think it's just i think it's it's more of a vibe just to be able to see everything at all times versus like you have to be standing in a particular area to actually kind of make out what the fuck is actually happening Mm -hmm. okay might be an unpopular opinion but that's my opinion oh it's so cool Stage lights are, in my opinion, overrated. Like, agree. It's like, are we at a concert or are we at a hardcore show? Let's figure. <laughs> let's, let's, let's figure it out. Right. Um, like, how weird it would be if it was like a show at program and the lights were off. There's been one band to do it, and not like all the lights off, but they just kind of set a mood, and it was like the coolest thing. But I've seen like strobe lights and other stuff. And I'm like, this is this is whack. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah, it's it just why <laughs> I, I would like because <laughs> it's dangerous enough, right? So I, I would just love to see and be able to dodge like these random like limbs, you know, flying towards my face. Right. I want to have all the necessary information to protect myself as best possible. Okay. And uh, anything else going on with the fest? Because obviously you know, there's going to be a lot of bands playing throughout the day, but uh, as far as um, anything extra will there be like you know uh, merch you know themed around the fest because you know it's kind of a big deal it doesn't happen all the time it's gonna be only, actually the only time this ever happens uh you know yeah. five years doesn't you know, it's not gonna happen again um, yeah I, it, it's on the end game tour i was like man i have not thought about five-year merch at all um definitely something that probably would be a good idea um 
I think one thing that I have talked about and I I'm going to talk about it here on the podcast so I can actually like put it into place um, is I want to have some kind of like backdrop slash art installation that like literally has every single band that scoped has affected through a podcast or a live set or something like in alphabetical order, like across like a, I don't know if it's something that um, could be used as like a backdrop for like photos or something. Um, I just like, whenever I do like a yearly recap, I'll do something similar like that. Like here's every band that we filmed this year, but I feel like this is the way to actually showcase like scoped isn't just filming, you know, 50 to a hundred different hardcore bands across Canada. It's like, we have like impacted hundreds if yeah hundreds of bands i would say um maybe in a small way maybe we're only filming like a set of theirs at a fest but like i feel like i feel like that showcasing that spiderweb effect um would be something that i think would be really cool to see and you know for any of the bands that aren't playing it's also like showcasing if they do attend it's like hey there's our our band name in the sea of all these other bands as far as like yeah like scope filmed us um spencer had you know our vocalist on the podcast whatever it is so that's something maybe selfishly that i would like to put um as a part of the festival but as far as other things go um yeah like we're gonna have a lot of liquid death there (laughs) that's something that people can expect um yeah I think it's just going to be a really fun time with a lot of like great people and a ton of great bands and, you know, like strife specifically is a band that a lot of people in Western Canada are like just losing their minds over as far as like, I thought that they might've played Calgary before, but I don't think that they've played Calgary ever as a band. So like so many people that like maybe don't even go to shows really actively anymore, like reached out when we announced like being like, dude is like, you made my year being able to like book a band at that level. So um, that is a set that I'm specifically like really excited to see just so how many people that like, I don't know any of these people, but like Strife was their band growing up uh, when they were getting into all this shit. That's awesome. I know, I know that feeling. So it's cool that you're able to give that to a lot of people. It's going to be a good time. Shout out to Andrew and the whole Strife team. <laughs> okay, so that's in August. Scoped five year. If you haven't grabbed your ticket and you plan on going, please go uh, get a ticket now. Go find that QR code, scan it, grab a ticket. Damagecontrol.store. Also, uh, if you if you're not into QR coding and you want to just type it out. <laughs> So that's in August, but I want to jump to September. Mm -hmm. Hold your ground fest. Yes. You were out here. I don't remember. It was a couple months ago. um, And I got to hear some, uh, you know, behind the scenes conversations about the fest, which was pretty interesting. Um, But I'm just curious about, you know, your, uh, your thoughts on this fest. Um, It's going to be sick. Um, I think it's close to selling out. Um, it it's truly like, you know, you know the the five years like it's cool because we're bringing a band of like a crazy level of strife uh, to 
you know, to Calgary, the fact that Jessa and Kyle and, and Adam from cold shoulder as well, like put together so many, like so important current hardcore bands under one bill. Like, um, I think I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about like, Oh, I feel like these bands all together would make like a perfect hardcore festival. And this is before the hold your ground, uh, lineup was announced. I was like, literally all those bands are on that fest <laughs> so like yeah i'm i'm ultra excited to see like mind forest pain of truth uh never ending game gridiron like all under the same roof essentially um i also uh think it's so funny that end game opens the fest as far as like you know kicking off day one and then never ending game ends day two of that fest uh, I, I made like some posts about it and then they like responded to me. I was like, yeah, does the game never, does the game actually ever end? I was like, you're right. Um, so I think that's awesome. Um, there's definitely a lot of like cool Ontario bands that are also playing. Um, and yeah, like I think Toronto has needed that like dope hardcore festival that was a little bit more DIY and, and less corporate and like commercialized. And uh, I think Jessa, Kyle and Adam did like a killer job as far as the curation of that lineup. And um, yeah, I'm, I feel very honored to be a part of that. Uh, not only playing, but you know, I'll be filming that for scoped as well. And it's going to, going to be insane. I think it's going to be some of our best videos of this year, honestly. Yeah, I was. I, I saw somebody post. I don't know who I saw post, but they posted like the the lineup for the two different days, and I noticed that there were some bands that weren't on there. I'm like, okay, I I was like, that's pretty interesting. But I was like, oh, it kind of like sparked a thing in my head. I'm like, okay, well, I hope they're able to uh, fill those spots with other bands, specifically a band from Montreal. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, I think as. You're talking about Prowl, correct? Yes. Yeah. I think that's, well, and I'm I'm not speaking for them because I don't know, but I think as far as the timing of when they were putting that together, like Prowl just kind of popped up out of nowhere and be like, hey, we're a band again and we have a record coming out. And, you know, being a huge fan of that band, I was hell excited. But yeah, um, I think we, we had talked about asking Prowl to play the five-year, but I think that they were like, yeah, we don't really got much going on right now so yeah i don't know how how much they have changed their what they got going on but you know they're going to europe with just ice like mm -hmm. later in the year so like it's awesome to see them back um who knows maybe proud does like a little surprise thing i don't know i gotta tell I you like about speaking I, I i know some stuff um oh, okay. the, the timeline's a little jumbled but um off air we'll we'll We'll, we'll talk about that. Just, just remind me. Um, but yeah, the, cool fest. I, I'm very happy to see so many awesome bands um, getting out there, right? Because some of those bands from the States that you mentioned, they're literally some of the biggest bands in hardcore right now, right? Doing all the stuff over overseas, uh, playing This Is Hardcore more recently. It's, it's awesome. And I hope that they're able to go over there have great sets and inspire a whole you know new crop of kids that are like what the hell like this is crazy that uh you know these bigger bands are coming to my city i don't have to drive that far and i i, I hope that's just like one positive thing that comes out of that fest out there yeah and also for uh bands from all their 
you know, respect like the their the neighboring bands of all the people that are playing the festival, like, yo, like how was Toronto? And it was like, yo, you have to go back there. And you know, if you do Toronto, also go to Western Canada because you know Jessa and the team said nothing but good things there about that area too. So that's something that again, I think being able to sing single beacon as far as like, you know, the, sh- the shows that happen here could be small, but like people really care about hardcore, especially up here in Western Canada. And I think there's a lot of people that are like putting an insane amount of blood, sweat and tears into making shit cool. And that could be anything from a fest to filming shows to doing a record label. Um, there's a lot of cool shit going on here. And I think, Jessa specifically is like one of like, she constantly is like, I don't know how you were doing this, but like it inspires me. Um, I feel very fortunate to call her like one of my best friends um, and someone who like, it's just doing dope, dope stuff. So um, yeah. Shout out to Jessa. I know that she's listening to this. So shout out um, to Jessa. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope everything that um, you and all your friends are doing, you know, creates waves and, you know, helps usher in and inspire more people because it's, it's definitely cool to hear that, uh, you know, she got inspired by some of the things that you were doing. Yeah. I, I think like, you know, it's, it might be cheesy, but it's like surrounding yourself with like people that, you know, challenge you or like put you on, on fire as far as like doing different things is like so important. And like, and that could be for hardcore, that could be for what you do professionally or, or or whatever. But I think it's like having her so closely in my court, like puts, you know, puts like a lot of wind in my sails. And I'd like to think that I give her some inspo and uh, and some energy on that front as well. So, yeah, you got to keep people like that around you because there's so many people out there that want to see you fail. They want to steal your time. They just aren't good for your life. So when you meet those people who support you 100% and back you and have no problem seeing you win and want to win just like you, those are the kind of people you got to you know, keep around. Yeah, and, and keep hella close. <laughs> true, very true. Because people will act brand new, Spencer. I'm, I'm sure you've probably experienced it. I've definitely experienced it over the years of doing this. And it's... It's hilarious and also really strange. Never gets old. Yeah, I uh, I think I've become very in tune with like when someone's like real genuine about like, hey, like I listen to podcasts all the time or this and this versus like they're just looking at me as like a, a way to promote their band. Mm-hmm. And I I try to give people as much grace as possible. And I, I'm not trying to be a dick or call someone out for doing that. Like. Um, but I also know that I'm, that nothing is, you know, that's, that's a classic thing in hardcore too, is like nothing is owed to anyone, like truly. So I don't owe anyone anything, but at the same time, like, I like to just give that little, like, you know what for you? Yeah. Let's do that. Let's have you on the podcast. Let's put you on for the show. Um, and I think, yeah, just like expressing your intent because I, I think, most people in hardcore can have a good gut reaction to like someone and, and where they're uh, and how they carry themselves. Like, I, I think that most people uh, shout out to some of my haters. 
Uh, most people that might have a problem with me or problem problem with scoped, they just like intentionally have not gotten to know me or like, you know, listen to what I'm about. Um, and I know that like, I'm not here trying to be everyone's best friend or be liked by everyone. I've, I really had to accept that. Like most people, like there's going to be a lot of people that like me and there's a lot of people that don't like me as far as scope going over the years. But I think most, I think if you give someone the time of day, you can at least like get a gut check of like, yo, this person is about it. And even if I don't like necessarily how they carry out what they do, I know that they're here for the right reasons as far as hardcore wise goes. hundred percent. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It definitely can get rough when you have to navigate those waters. Because you never know. I, I, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Because I, I, I say it time and time again. I'm nobody special. I'm just a dude, you know? And you know that well. Like, we've hung out. We talk on the phone, whatever. Um, I'm just, just like everybody else. I don't hold myself to a higher standard. I don't think I'm better than anybody. Um, so, just everybody be chill. <laughs> the fakes will always get exposed over time. Be chill, please. <laughs> It's it's not that hard, um, but for sure people can get weird. But okay, um, so hold your ground fest September, and then you fast forward to November. Coming back to the states, act like you know Volume One. Crazy lineup. Crazy lineup. I also would like to publicly say that Endgame was the. F- first official band that was confirmed for that fest because Aaron asked me the night of prom 2021 as we were getting burritos if we would like to play so even if he had thought of other bands as far as the next year confirmed we I think we were just the first official if you want to call it that but I I just think it was funny um I love Aaron I love what he's doing in Oklahoma as far as the hardcore scene uh, is concerned and what he's doing just for the community out there so getting to film that was really, really awesome. Um, but also getting to play it this year, um, is going to be very, uh, very cool as well. One thing I like about this fest is when I look at the lineup from top to bottom, it's a really good representation of what's going on. And, and and that's special because, uh, there's, uh, so many like cookie cutter fests, right? It's like, all right, this band's definitely popping. Let's grab them. It's like, you know, whatever. It's fine. Like, like I, I'm not going to be a big hater and, you know, I let it ruin my day. I just, you know, keep it moving. I'll, uh, you know, go to whatever fest I want. But when I look at a fest like this, where I can tell that these, uh, you know, people behind it actually know what's going on. Uh, you know, and when you look at the, uh, the whole spectrum and they have so many bands from so many different areas. Uh, it, it, it's awesome. So I, I definitely, I'm, you know, value these kinds of lineups, like, you know, a lot. Cause it, it's just like, okay, act like, act like, you know, volume one, 2022, like that, that's like a really good snapshot of that, you know, point in hardcore. Yeah. I have said publicly on my podcast to friends, like I think Aaron, has such a pulse on like what's actually going on. And I do think that you're right, that a lot of fests will just pull the big names in because they got a big budget, um, pull a couple like reunion things. And I, and I think like being aware that, you know, you know, Joe, Joe Hardcore that just did This Is Hardcore, like he's at the level where he's 
thinking about booking bands like Hatebreed and, and Thursday. Um, he's still aware of like, you know, bands in the current space that like need that, like, okay, let's grab this younger band. Let's, you know, I thought it was really cool that he, his like special guests, as far as this is hardcore goes, uh, was Kublai Khan. Cause that, like, I know that that must've been like a polar polarizing thing for people where it's like, that's not a hardcore band. And then there's a bunch of people that probably never even thought about going to this is hardcore, but because Kublai Khan is playing it, they're like, yeah, I'm going to go and, and watch them kill it. Um, no different than, you know, years prior where he was having knock loose play. So I think it's like for Aaron, he's got the why behind his fest is also totally different, but I think he's just like, so hyper-focused on like the current, like up and coming bands versus like here are the clearly established um behemoths as far as the hardcore scene is concerned um i'm really stoked to see ankle biter like we were talking about like um snuffed um snuffed on site also is it like a, a band that i was like stoked to see on there um ton of like atlanta bands you know shout out to first day out living in fear um yeah, it's, it's really cool on how tuned in he is and how he like, how he like really cherishes and values that like younger spirit of hardcore versus like, oh, this is just a band that will just draw a ton of people. And even the fact that it says it clearly on the website, right? Annual Punk and Hardcore Fest with all proceeds donated to Oklahomans for equality. That's a big deal because that's a lot of money being moved there, right? Um, so good good on them for, for doing something awesome for their community because obviously uh, hardcore is our own community, but even outside of that, like the actual, like, you know, the people in the cities, it's, uh, you know, awesome for them to be able to give back outside of that. Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm really... I'm a big fan of Aaron's and uh, I feel very stoked to be, to, to be playing this fest, especially with this amazing of a lineup. Okay. Well, that's November. And do you have anything planned past that? Are you going to want to, uh, you know, end the year on a chill note and just vibe out? Or are you trying to do some, you know, <laughs> end of the year gigs back at home? Well, uh, as far as like, playing in december in canada is not always like the craziest craziest good idea um just because like if you're playing locally you know trudging through the snow is probably fine but if if it was like well, let's drive to vancouver to do this thing it would be like no way we're, we're not doing that uh -huh. um if i could because i love being able to say something and put it out into the universe especially if it's documented and see if it you know comes back true or not um, I'm turning 30 next year and, um, FYA always happens on my birthday. And I think right now I'm kind of up in the air where it's like either Endgame could play that fest. And that would be like the biggest birthday presents to, to me ever. Or I would just go, um, to that fest and just hang out. So that that's probably, you know, it, it's still into next year, but it's, early enough that's closer that's close to that time frame that you were talking about so yeah nothing on the books right now as far as uh you know end of 2022 is concerned for endgame but if um 
if anyone at FYA wants to make my 30th birthday an absolute blast, that would be one way. <laughs> I will clip this and send it to Bob Wilson directly. No, Bob, no promises, <laughs> no promises, but I'll, you know, obviously it, it's up to Bob, but I'll, I'll clip this and send it to him. I, I Yo, love Bob. Bob. If, if you, if it's worthwhile, uh, I I'll film it on my own dime. Uh, you just let me know if I could, if I could do that. Um, if not, I'll probably just buy a ticket and come hang out. Uh, but yeah, that will be that. Okay. Well, I will be there. I will, uh, for as long as I live and as, as long as it's, uh, you know, in my control, I will be at all future FYAs because I had such a good time at FYA seven. It just opened my eyes and uh, made me have a ton of FOMO because I'd watched a lot of the videos from the prior years, but I just wasn't really, uh, uh, comfortable with traveling to shows just because I didn't have a lot of friends in those places. Because I like to go to these shows uh, and hang out with my friends that I don't get to see. So back then, I just didn't really have like a solid network. But now that I do, um, it it makes it like way more fun and uh, actually gives me a reason to go. So it's a, definitely a really great weekend. I highly suggest you going. Yeah, my uh, my wife was like, "What do you want to do for your thirtieth birthday?" And that has just been the one thing that's been on my mind. So it's like either we'll be in Florida do playing a show or we'll just be in Florida for to see the fest. Cause I feel like that's a fest that you can buy a ticket without even really knowing what the lineup is and you'll have a good time. Well, come back. I think, uh, <laughs> later this year we'll, we're breaking the, uh, the announcement, the whole lineup. So that'd be dope. Send this clip to Bob. <laughs> clip Maybe it to he'll Bob. Make an edit. <laughs> clip it to Bob. Um, okay. Well, damn, Spencer, this has been awesome. It, it's it's always good catching up with you because I, I I honestly feel like um, even those other conversations that we have, we could easily turn those into podcasts uh, just because we always talk, you know, at length. Um, but it's always a, a pleasure to have you on and to hear and to know that you're doing good, uh, obviously, uh, personally and with your bands and with Scoped. So it's always a pleasure. But before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Yeah. Um, anyone who's listening this far, thank you. Uh, sometimes as someone who does a podcast, I'm like, does anyone actually want to listen to me talk for this long? Um, but yeah, if you listen this far, uh, thank you so much. Um Scope five-year fest is happening August 26th and 27th in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, even if one person listening to this was like, yo, this fest is crazy. Um, I want to go check it out. And I live in X part of the world. Um, that would mean the world to me. Um, we got Strife, Tsunami, Scowl, I Am, Karma, Change, Ballista, Gates to Hell, um, Cold Shoulder, Cohesion. There's tons more bands that i know that i've forgot a couple but it's a really great lineup that we put a lot of work into and uh yeah i cannot wait for it i would love to see anyone who's listening to this podcast there you can be like yo i listened to jamie's episode and i came to this so that would make that would make my year um yeah all the details for that uh are on our you know instagram links uh damage control.store um, you could scan the QR code on the poster if you see that online anywhere. Um, Endgame has new music. We don't know when it's coming out, but it's sick. Um, we got a, a couple other announcements, you know, that we're going to roll out probably in the next little while here, but definitely going to be hitting the States a lot more. Um, 
you know, in the coming months. Thank you, Jamie, for yeah, your friendship and just being a badass dude and just always being down with the core. Um, I really value our relationship and really happy that uh, you had me back on for the fourth time. I promise it'll be a once a year endeavor. Um, so yeah, thank shout out to you. All right. Well, like I said, the door is always open, Spencer. Whenever you want to come on, just let me know. We'll make time for you. So I, I, I definitely I appreciate, appreciate it. Bro. Yeah, appreciate you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll be back soon.